Hello and welcome to the Landmark Theatres podcast. In this episode, writer-director Lulu Wong speaks with moderator Christy Lemire about her new film, The Farewell. This conversation was recorded at the Landmark in Los Angeles on the film's opening night. Hi, thank you for being here. I'm Christy Lemire from RogerEbert.com and KPCC Film Week, and I'm so thrilled that you are all here. This amazing packed house for opening night, this incredible film you just saw. I had the pleasure of writing about it for Ebert, and now I have the pleasure of chatting with the brilliant woman who made it. Give it up for Lulu Wong. How are you? This weekend's nuts for you, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's in, exciting. In all the best possible ways. Yeah. Can we start at the end with that ending? Because it's a perfect ending, and it's so hard to stick the landing. At what point did you realize that you wanted that to be your ending? Um, I always wanted the ending ending not to be about whether she lives or dies, even though that's kind of part of, um, and I'll, I'll, s I'll say why that part is important. But first, I wanted it to be about the spirit of Nai Nai, because you know, you know, regardless of whether she lived longer, or, you know, we, we all lose the people we love at some point, and um, and so the movie had to be about something greater than that, because even when she does lose her Nai Nai, like you know, what 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 does she still have? She still ha she carries on the spirit of Nai Nai, and you know, and so that's what the ending was for me, um, and then. The decision to include that real bit of footage, one, um, as a tribute to my real grandmother, um, but also because um, if, you know, if you came into this film being convinced of one way or the other, to lie or not to lie, um, you know, for me in real life, like, the, the fact that she outlived her prognosis is always going to influence how I feel about the decision that my family made. So even if I believe in the, the value of truth and that people should, you know, be told, and uh, I would want to know, certainly. Um, I can't avoid the fact that, you know, my whole family is like, well, the evidence is, is there, you know? Um, and so, you know, we'll never know, right? Like, there's no way to go back and say, well, if she was told, would the result have been different? Um, but that's kind of why I wanted to include that, so that it, it, it is part of the conversation when people discuss, was it the right thing to do or not? And she still does not know. She still does not know. Right. <laughs> she came to set as my uh, wonderful producers, Danny Melia, Andrew Miano, Anita Guo, uh, would all uh, attest to. Uh, they, they all met my, my, met my grandmother, and um, she was on set, and we all hung out with her, and we just had to tell the, the crew not to tell her. <laughs> so what does she think your movie's about? She thinks it's a, it's a, it's um, you know, she met all the actors, so she thinks it's um, about our family uh, going back to China for a reunion um, because of a wedding. Right. Right. It's all true. It's all true. <laughs> you it's didn't lie to Nai Nai. Good job. I didn't <laughs> lie to her. And that is actually your little Nai Nai. That is your grandmother's yes, sister. That really is her. Yeah. My great aunt plays herself in the film, um, as does her dog, Ellen. That is... <laughs> The real Ellen, <laughs> yeah. And I understand that it took a little bit of coaxing to get Lil Nai Nai to say yes to be in the film. Yeah, um, it did because I think, you know, she just kept saying, I'm a normal person. I'm not an actor. I'm, a I'm not a star. Um, and uh, I don't want to ruin your movie with my fat face. Um, <laughs> that's what she would say. 
And, um, you know, so we tried to audition other people. We tried to find someone else, but we couldn't. I just felt she was the best one. She um, has the most adorable face. Um, and so I, yeah, I, I put her on camera and I, you know, I convinced her to do it. Um, but it was hard for her because it meant she had to revisit all of the this experience. And so we were really worried that it was going to be traumatizing for her. Um, and so... Um, you know, uh, Danny and our producer Jane, they like sat her down and actually like talked her through because for someone who's never done a movie, like what it that actually entails, right? Like uh, on an emotional level, but also on a physical level, she's, you know, 68 years old to be on set for 12 hours at a time. Um, yeah, and so um, prepared her for all of it and she was still like, I want to do this. Yeah. Well, she's great. She's a natural. She's yeah. awesome. So this is clearly, this is your story. This is your life. At what point in the process of learning about what was going on with your grandmother did you decide there's a film in here? Um, you know, I think pretty early on, once there was like this, the, this idea that we weren't going to tell her and that we were going to go for a wedding instead, I was like, well, this is going to be interesting. <laughs> um, and it was this mixed feeling of like, I don't want to do this and, and of dread and sadness, but also of like curiosity of like, how is this going to turn out, you know? And I was actually working on my first feature posthumous, which is a kind of classic screwball romantic comedy. And um, and and then this happened to me, and I was like, well, this is why I love screwball so much because they keep happening in my real life, you know. Um, but the the tr the twist of it is that you know it, it's also just um, really sad. It's it's a, it's kind of the screwball setup, and it's kind of absurd um, and ridiculous. But at the same time, it's about how a family deals with grief in different ways. Your movie is so funny, so unexpectedly funny, and never mawkish, and it's a really tough tonal balance that you have found. How did you pull that off? How did you maintain a, a truth to that balance the whole time through? Um, well, as the actors will, s will say, they didn't know it was a comedy. <laughs> um, and sometimes even as I was writing the script, we were like, well, it's a comedy, should we make it funnier? I always knew that the comedy would come out more on the screen um, and not on the page because I wasn't writing jokes. Uh, there were no gags in the script. Um, so it was really about just the composition, figuring out how to juxtapose different um, things, d different people you know, within the same frame, uh, like uh, in the photo studio scene. Um, or um, yeah, or just like the, the, the composition itself sometimes, the ex sometimes the slightly exaggerated or even some of the melodrama. Like I wrote the uncle's speech to be both heartbreaking and funny because he's the one for the longest time that was repeating like don't, do, you know, don't break down, you can't tell her. And then he's the one who, you know, ends up breaking down. And when I experienced that in real life, I kept looking around being like, this is crazy, <laughs> like, this is hilarious. Is it hilarious? But sad at the same time. And, uh, you know, the rest of the family was just sad because they were like, this is, but but I was the one that's like, oh my God, she's gonna know now. Um, and so that's, yeah, I just wanted to kind of capture like all of the things that I felt where it was like, should I cry or should I laugh? I don't know what I'm supposed to do. You have to laugh sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, so what did your family think, though, when you said, I'm going to make a movie about Nai Nai and about the situation that we're all in? Uh, well, first I did the story for This American Life, and it, that's kind of how it became a film because nobody at first when I pitched it wanted, me wanted to make this specific film. Um, they wanted to make it more broad or, you know, 
more American, meaning like not subtitled, or more Chinese, meaning Billy wouldn't be the main character. I would have to invent a Chinese character. And so I was sort of like, this is a story about somebody in the middle, right? Um, and that's the story I have to tell. So I did This American Life, and we had to interview my family for that. And, and, and I said, you know, is that okay? And they were like, sure, you know, she's never going to hear it because yeah. it's in America. Um, and um, sure, uh, you know, are you getting paid for it? Great. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so we, you know, put the story together and then it aired. And then, you know, 48 hours later, I started getting calls from producers. We, you know, set up the project with Depth of Field and Big Beach. And I said to my parents again, I was like, well, now we're going to make a movie, you know. And they were like, great, so you're going to start by writing the script? And I said, yeah. And they're like, well, you know, it might never get made. Just write the script. <laughs> they're paying you. Great. Um, <laughs> so every step of the way, they just kept be like, was always supportive because they're like, you know, as long as you're paying the bills and people are, like, letting you do work, like, why wouldn't we support that, you know? There's no way they would be like, yeah, no, you should say no to that check and <laughs> go back to struggling, right? Um, but then the, you know, film got made, and then we got into Sundance, and it was the same thing. They were like, well, it's Sundance, you know, it's an indie <laughs> film festival. Maybe it'll never be out in the world. You never know. You've made films before. They've gone to festivals. They've gone nowhere, so, you know. That's cynical. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Very cynical. I mean, it wasn't until we were at Eccles, and it was like, they were like, well, you know, it's still a festival. Like, literally until we had distribution, and we, had distribu we got distribution in China, like, a week and a half, two weeks ago, and I said, guys, like, can we seriously talk about this now? Because now it's going to be not only in, you know, Western theaters, but, like, in China with a major distributor, which means there's going to be marketing on television. You can't tell me she doesn't watch TV. <laughs> like, you know, um, and it's even on the Chinese IMDb now. Um, and so, yeah, they're discussing what to do. Little Nine, I said we should, Little Nine, I said, we'll just tell her that movies are fictional and that all of that stuff <laughs> was made up. It's a leaping off point. <laughs> and the title is different in Chinese, right? In yeah, the Chinese title is literally Don't Tell Her. <laughs> Again, it's a screwball comedy. Yeah. There you go. Um, let's talk about Aquafina because she's a goddess. She's amazing in this. And she had, you, so Ocean's 8 and Crazy Rich Asians had not yet come out when you cast her in right. this to play you, essentially. Mm -hmm. What did you see in her at that point that told her, told you that she was the one? Um, yeah, at first I didn't, you know, I knew her from, I was. Uh, I said to Danny, I was like, the girl who did my vag, that's who you think should play <laughs> me, um, from Queens, you know, and um, I didn't know she was into, she, she, that she wanted to do dramatic acting, but uh, we met for coffee, and then she sent an audition tape. Um, it was really the audition tape that convinced me. I mean, during coffee, she was just like, you know, I really, really want to do this. Like, I will do anything to do this. Like, I have my, you know, I was raised by my Chinese grandmother. Um, I really connect to the story. And um, and so she sent in this tape. And, you know, so much of the audition was actually her being silent, as she is through the movie, right? Because she's actually not allowed to express herself. And um, th she was reading with someone um, off camera, and you could just tell by the way she was listening that she was truly listening. You know, sometimes, like, if an actor's not delivering lines, they're just kind of waiting. For, but but she was, you, you could tell she was processing all of these complicated emotions, and you could see it in her eyes. That's a really difficult thing for an actor, where to be both um, very blank, but also very expressive at the same time. And um, so that was a quality that made me cast her. 
She's such a natural, like the authenticity she brings to all the, the breakout comic scenes elsewhere. They're there in dramatic ways too. Yeah. So how much are you guiding her as far as it being your story to share with her to portray? And how much are you saying, find the character yourself? Yeah, I told her very early on because, you know, she and I are very different people. And um, so very early on, I was like, look, you're not playing me. Billy is not me. Billy is a conduit for the audience. She's a vessel for, you know, everybody, every immigrant who might have this experience of being in between different worlds. And, um, and, and, and f you know, put yourself, put your own experiences, you know, into her and just be present. That was the most important thing, you know. At every moment, I said, um, I, don't want I don't want you thinking about me and what I did. I want you to think about you and what you would do or how you would feel in this situation. I want you to think about your own grandmother. She's very close with her grandmother, and, um, you know, one day she will lose her. And so I said, just think about that. This is your grandmother. And, um, and once she kind of clicked into that and, and didn't lean on comedy, because in the beginning she wanted to lean on comedy because that's the muscle she's used to using. Whenever she feels tension, she'll like crack a joke in real life too, right? And she'll crack a joke and dissipate the tension in the room. So in a way, it became um, this tool for her in to to survive life. And uh, so I had to actually just convince her, like, if you feel uncomfortable, which she did, you know, going back to China, there's like all of these complicated emotions. I said, just, you know, really embrace those and um, channel it into the scene. What was it like for you to go back to China and shoot this? It was really magical because, you know, when I f was there before for, um, for this wedding, wedding, um, <laughs> I was like the lone Westerner in my family, you know? I, I, I had all of these complicated emotions that I wanted to express, but there was no one I could talk to. And m I would try to talk to my parents, but they um, had their own stuff that they were dealing with. You know, my dad is losing his mother, and my mother has her complicated relationship with my grandma. And so I felt like, you know, I was like I was crazy by the end of the trip because I kept saying, this is crazy, this is crazy. And everyone would be like, what are you talking about? And so then to go back with all of these people, you know, cr crew and producers and everything who were there to see it from my point of view and um, and also to, like, just bring together my two worlds. Like, my whole life I've been negotiating two different worlds. You know, my family, China, that culture, and then me as an independent American and my career and my friends. And so this film kind of just brought all of that together and allowed my grandma to see me on set doing what I love to do and um, and for my producers to become part of the family and they were, you know, eating dinner with my grandma. And the actors got to know your family members that they were portraying. Mm -hmm. How helpful was that? Oh, I think, I mean, for them, they said it was everything because they, they would, you know, go and have coffee, like Tai Ma with my dad and Dinah Lin with my mom. And they just, you know, details that aren't necessarily in the film but you feel it because they have this sort of depth of the, the history. You know, it's an actor's dream to be able to, to do that kind of research. And oftentimes, um, uh, you know, Ty would joke with me and be like, I know things about you that, you know, you don't even know or I, about your dad. And I would be like, thanks. Okay, great. You must have a lot of folks of various cultural backgrounds come to you after seeing this and to share their own experiences. What has the emotional connection been like with audience members to your story? Really intense, you know, because I think so many audiences who've seen this are like, oh my God, we did that to my grandmother or grandfather or whatever. And 
never like had like really had a understanding of why you know and never really like was able to process and come to terms with it and if I didn't make the movie I don't think I would have come to terms with it either so much of the research and exploration that I did around this question was because I was working on it as a project otherwise I don't know that I would have been like mom and dad can I interview you can I talk to you um, and so yeah I've heard from people who are not not just like Asians or Asian Americans, but people from all over the world, even in Western countries, who said, you know, we did the same thing, and I always struggled with it because I didn't know if it was the right thing to do. And how do you feel about it now? The same. I mean, I, I don't know that I necessarily changed um, my perspective, that it's like one way is right or one way is wrong. For me, it, 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 was, it was not about finding the answers. It was just about asking the questions. And um, seeing it from both sides, you know, and I asked my parents, uh, I said, uh, well, would you want me to tell you, would you want me to lie to you guys? And my mom was like, no, are you crazy? <laughs> Even though she was like, you got to respect their culture and, you know, s stay with this plan for my grandma. And she said, but that's also like a silly question because in America, the doctor would never not tell us. Um, and so she said, the question you should really be asking is that if, you know, me or your dad got sick and we found out, would we tell you? That like made me real. Now I'm constantly paranoid. <laughs> <laughs> That's your sequel. <laughs> there you go. Speaking of questions, we have time for like two because Lulu has to go across town to the arc light next. Right here, please. Yes. He asked about the pulling away the last shot of Nana in the background from the car, and also did the fake wedding turn out okay? Yeah, they're still together. Uh, <laughs> they live in Japan. Um, and uh, yeah, that last shot was like a shot that I always knew from the beginning, even I was, as I was writing, that I wanted to shoot it that way, um, just to really hold on her, because, I mean, that's what it feels like, you know, when you're leaving. I, they don't leave, like, you know, every time I'm there, whenever we get in, they, 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 they will walk you until the very last moment, and they will watch until the car disappears. And you're, you know, you have to kind of do the same and you're just watching and holding on. And so I wanted to, you know, do it uncut. And um, we actually drop all of the audio out. And my editor says that's very rare. You never go to pure silence. You, you always have room tone. But for that moment, we dropped to pure silence and it feels like the air is sucked out of the room. And, um, and you know, it's for me, that's what it feels like. Let's do one more. A woman. <laughs> I want a question from a woman, please. Gender equality. There Woo. must be somebody in here who's a woman with a question. Right here, yes. Thank you. <laughs> I, I kind of am still unclear about the fake wedding. <laughs> Did they not get married and they just had a reception or? In China, that I it's just a reception. That That is the wedding. So, I mean, I think even in here, it's like churches, you don't, until you get the, like, document in courthouse, that you're not officially married, but yeah, in, it, they, they got the document. So they weren't married. They were. <laughs> they were married. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do one more. Another woman. Right here in front, please. Thank you. Uh, the question was like about whether or not I intended to make you pe people cry. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I wouldn't say I'm like, being like, all right, how do I get some tears out of people, you know? Um, <laughs> I think I just wanted to capture how I really felt, you know? Both both the humor, both the joy, um, and I think, like, the joy and the comedy makes it that much more powerful when you're leaving. Like, that, it makes the sadness that much sadder. Um, and so, yeah, so I wanted it to be powerful because um, it's, 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 
it's the last time you're going to see her and all of the things that you're, you've experienced in, in these few days is joyful but it's also as you're pulling away like all these memories are coming to your mind and you're like this is probably the last time you know and it's because it's the and that's probably what everybody's thinking throughout which is kind of why all of the the humor everything is also heightened and the, you know the joy because everyone's really present in the moment um, but you know grandmothers are the linchpins to so many families right and so I've talked to many people who are like you know when my grandmother was gone like we don't re reunite anymore and that's what I was thinking right is that you know once Nana is gone like would I have any reason to come back here and with the rest of the family would we all like come together in, in the future we gotta go you're amazing. Thank you so much for thank your gorgeous you so film. Much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for coming.